Okay. Turn, if you will, to Exodus chapter 40. 40, 40th chapter in the book of Exodus. <clears throat> Genesis, Exodus. So you squared away. Exodus chapter 40. Everybody with me? Okay. I'm going to ask Art to read. He's going to read some kind of lengthy scripture this morning. But uh, Exodus 40, beginning with chapter, verse 17 to the end of the chapter. In the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases set up its frames, and put in its poles, and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle, and put the covering of the tent over it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark, and put the poles on the ark, and set the mercy seat above on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, and set up the veil of the screen, and screened the ark of the testimony, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the veil, and arranged the bread on it before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting, opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle, and set up the lamps before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil, and burned fragrant incense on it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put in place a screen for the door of the tabernacle, and he set the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and offered on it the burnt offering and the grain offering, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it for washing, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. When they went into the tent of meeting, and when they approached the altar, they washed, as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar, and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Then the Lord, I'm sorry, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all the journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Okay. On the mount, the Lord told Moses very specifically how to build a tabernacle. If you look at this sheet that I gave you, which is a uh, uh, representation of what uh, we've talked about. On the right, we have the holy place, the table. They call it the bread of presence, the lampstand, uh, the incense altar. Um, and then 
what they call the wall there. Um, I like the veil is a better word for that, and that's what Scripture calls it. That's the veil that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. Then you had the Ark of the Covenant, which, uh, as he said uh, in verse uh, 20, he took the testimony. What's that? That's the Ten Commandments that he had given them. He took the testimony, put it into the ark, attached the poles to the ark, and put the mercy seat on top of the ark. So this was the original tabernacle. It was a tent. It was, uh, it was movable. And the Levites were given specific instructions on how to move it and what to do when they did move it. Now let's go to 1 Kings chapter 7. 1 Kings chapter 7. <clears throat> you remember the story that David says, he says, I've, uh, I've got a house of cedar and I've got a house, but the Lord's presence is in a tent and he purposed to build a house uh, for the Lord. Uh, and... Uh, Yet, yet um, the Lord told him, you can't do it, but I'm going to let your son do it. So in chapter 7 of 1 Kings, let's begin reading at verse 48, uh, Solomon built a house, as we know as Solomon's temple, and it was a glorious thing. And this is uh, when they're getting ready to bring the ark into the covenant, into the temple. 1 Kings 7, let's begin with 48. So Solomon made all the vessels that were in the house of the Lord, the golden altar, the golden table for the bread of the presence, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the south side, five on the north before the inner sanctuary, the flowers, the lamps, and the tongs of gold, the cups, snuffers, basins, dishes for incense, and fire pans of pure gold, and the sockets of gold for the doors of the innermost part of the house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the nave of the temple. Thus all the work that King Solomon did on the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the vessels, and stored them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the Ark. And they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent, the priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house in the most holy place underneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. And 
the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from the outside, and they are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone that Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. So, from years ago, from this tent, they were going to move the contents of the tabernacle into the temple that Solomon built. And, and they did. And the Lord honored it by his presence there. And, and it was there. Now, it was there until when? It was there until what happened in Daniel? We saw the, what happened before Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar went to, to Jerusalem. He took it all. He took it back to Babylon. He utterly gutted the temple there and destroyed it. Uh, there was nothing left. What God had given them in the tabernacle and then what they had moved into Solomon's temple was there. But Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it all because of the unbelief of Israel. And we know about, and we know about that. Now let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 35. Second Chronicles. It's just over a few, few chapters uh, to the right. Second Chronicles chapter 35. Now there was, <clears throat> there were a few good kings that were in the line of the Judah. Israel had already, the ten tribes to the north had already been taken into captivity. The two little tribes to the south, J Judah and Benjamin, were still there at this point. And Josiah was king, and he, was, he, went, he, he went to the throne as an eight-year-old boy. But he honored the Lord in everything that he did, and God was gracious to him. And he was, there were four more kings after him before they went into captivity. But Josiah was the last one. Uh, let's begin reading at uh, chapter 35, verse 1. Josiah kept the Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem. And they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their offices and encouraged them in the service of the house of the Lord. And he said to the Levites who taught all Israel and who were holy to the Lord, Put the holy ark in the house that Solomon the son of David, king of Israel, built. You need not carry it on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves according to your father's houses by your divisions, as prescribed in the writing of David, king of Israel, and the document of Solomon his son. And stand in the holy place according to the groupings of the fathers' houses of your brothers, the Levites, <coughs> and according to the division of the Levites by fathers' household. And slaughter the Passover lamb, and consecrate yourselves, 
and prepare for your brothers to do according to the word of the Lord by Moses. Verse 3. And he also said to the Levites who taught all of Israel and who were holy to the Lord, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon the son of David built. This is the last mention we have in scripture of the ark. We don't know what happened to it, you know. It makes for a good Hollywood movie. Uh, and and uh, yeah. But we don't know what happened to the ark. Now, there was another, after Solomon's temple was destroyed, Herod built a temple for the Jews because he wanted to favor the Jews. And he built the one that we had when Jesus was there. Turn with Matthew 27. Matthew 27, we look at just one verse in Matthew 27. Verse 51. This is the crucifixion of our Lord. And, and let's begin uh, as let's begin about 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who were standing by there heard it, began saying, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and, and taking a sponge, he filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave him to drink. But the rest of them said, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil um, of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. So we know that the veil was there in Herod's temple. Um, there was no, no ark, not the one Moses had, had got from the Lord, uh, I don't think, uh, but we, don't, we, we, can't, we can't confirm or deny that particular situation. But the veil of the temple was rent in two at that point. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 9, which is our Sunday school lesson for today. Let's look at the last verse of chapter 8 and then we'll go into chapter 9. <clears throat> verse 13 of chapter 8. When he said a new covenant has he has made the first obsolete but whatever is become obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Verse 1. Now even the first covenant had regulations of divine worship and earthly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which there was a lampstand and a table and a sacred bread. This is called the holy place. Behind the second veil there was a tabernacle which is called the holy of holies, having a golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold 
in which was the golden jar of manna that Aaron's rod which budded and the table of covenant covenant again is testimony uh, I'm reading scripture I believe scripture uh, this chart says that the altar of incense is outside the holy of holies the writer of Hebrews puts it inside the holy of holies that's not a big deal with me <laughs> but anyway just to, to say that Verse 5, and above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat, but these things we cannot speak in detail. Swindoll and, and, um, and Stedman both says, those are details you don't have to worry about. That's, that's what he's saying to the Hebrews at this point. Verse 6, now when these things have been so prepared, the priest are continually entering the outer tabernacle performing the divine worship but unto the second only the high priest enters once a year not without taking blood which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance the Holy Spirit is signifying this that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing which is a symbol of the present time according to the gifts and the sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience, since they only relate to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation. So the writer here in Hebrews is saying there was an old covenant and the old covenant was a tabernacle and we had these ceremonial washings where we, we, we did all this. Now, uh, unless the Lord changes our minds, we're going to go to Exodus when we leave Hebrews and we'll, we'll, we'll go through all this again in very detail because God gave specific instructions on building the tabernacle and all the worship there. But every bit of it, as we've said from the beginning, from, from the very beginning of time when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God instituted a plan of redemption and the rest of the Bible is redemption for mankind. And so this was a type. And the writer of Hebrews is showing the difference between the Old Covenant, Old Testament, to the New Covenant, the New Testament. And the difference is Jesus was made perfect in the New Testament. He, was, he, he did everything that the Old Testament said needed to be done. And now... In his own body, he did this. And he says here in verse, in, in verse, uh, um, where am I? Am I getting ahead of myself? I am. Verse 11. But when Christ appeared as the high priest of good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation. We, 
we can we can go through it's just amazing when you look at scripture and how the Lord orchestrated Jesus coming his own son who was in the beginning who was there at creation who created it all who came and as a baby and grew into a man and was sinless and offered himself as a sacrifice once for all and we're going to get to that in just a minute okay verse 12 um, and not through the blood of goats and calves but through his own blood he entered the holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption so the tabernacle verse 11 tells us was not made with hands it was it was Jesus himself the incarnate son of God I don't understand incarnation uh, except scripture teaches it I believe it that this man born of a baby born as a baby grew to be a man was perfect in all of his ways he didn't sin and therefore he was the spotless lamb of God that was that was uh, died on the cross for our sins verse 13 for if the blood of a goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkle those who have been defied defied sanctified for the cleansing of flesh how much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offer himself without blemish to God cleanse Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve a living God. When Velta and I go through Leviticus and and all the 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 wash the sacrifices, I've told you this before. I, I just come away shaking my head. You know, thank God for grace. And Velta says it was a gory place you know slaughtering bulls and slaughtering goats and all the blood and everything else and yet yet to us it doesn't have a lot of significance but but it is very important uh to to the lord because it brought back the fact that my son is going to offer his own blood for you now the jew our Jewish friends don't have a temple. Uh, they have a synagogue. And if you haven't listened to the news in the last day or two, uh, there was this terrific shooting in Philadelphia yesterday. And uh, that's the Sabbath. Uh, they were there and several things were going on in this particular synagogue. And this barbarian walked in there and killed 11 people. Uh, we need to pray for them just like we pray for anybody else. Uh, we're in an evil world. Uh, last weekend uh, that we were with the Gaithers, one of the things that was the theme of the whole thing was, is, was unity. How, how we need to just get together. Gloria Gaither preached the, sun, the, the Saturday morning service, which was a worship service. She preached for a little over an hour. Uh, 
and she says at the end she said maybe maybe at the end denominations would go away and far as I'm concerned that's a good thing but there's so much evil and there's so much rampant and uh, technology is a wonderful thing and I'm so grateful for it and yet social media has has um, I don't know it's, it's just a mess so pray, pray for our Jewish friends in, Phil- in Philadelphia. You know, they don't know the Lord. They need to know the Lord. But at the same time, they don't need to have their lives taken away as it was taken away. But their worship has been diluted since the, the, uh, the temple in Jerusalem was, was, was torn down. Somebody mentioned 70 A.A.D. a while ago. And the temple was destroyed. And they have never had a temple since then. They do have the synagogues, but they don't have a temple where blood sacrifices are offered. Um, I think I'm right in that. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, that's, that's that. So what the writer of Hebrews is saying, he says, Christ came, a tabernacle wasn't built with hands, offered his own blood once for all for the sins of the people. Verse 15. For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant, New Testament, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For there is a covenant, testament. There must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. Uh, one of the one of the things we we all talk about the, the older we get, you know. Uh, do you have a will? I hope you have a will. You know, uh, you need to have a will. You need to have a living will. You need to you need to make arrangements because, folks, we're not immortal. <laughs> Unless the Lord takes us up, we're all going to have to face death. And we need a will. And the writer here says the will doesn't matter until your death. Verse 16. For where a covenant is, a testament is, a will is, there must be the necessity of a death of one who made it. For a covenant, a testament, a will is only valid when men are dead. For if it's never in force while one who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant, testament, was not inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. The blood sealed it. Turn right quick to Exodus 24. Exodus, the 24th chapter. Genesis, Exodus 24.
Verse 8. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit anyway. Let's look at verse 4. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Of the Lord, Then he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain with twelve pillar, pillars for the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young men and the son of Israel, and they, uh, they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls, bulls as peace offerings unto the Lord. Verse 6, Moses took half of the blood and put it on basins. The other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do and we will be obedient. So Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which of the Lord has made with you according to these words. The seal was the blood. The seal was the blood. Okay, back to back to Hebrews. <clears throat> Verse 21. And in the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and the vessels of ministry with blood. And according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Therefore it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven himself, itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place, but year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the consummation of the age, he has been manifest to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, And in as much it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Jesus did it once for all once for all there's a song we don't sing it much anymore but it's once for all oh sinner believe it and it's once for all that we trust in Jesus uh, we've often said that we have guilt and fear the devil's two greatest tools 
that he comes and beats us up with and yet Jesus died for our sins once uh, he did it in his own body and he went to heaven and he's interceding for us right now as as the writer of Hebrews has has said uh, in verse uh, uh, verse 25 nor was it that he offered himself often as a high priest does um, but he sacrificed one time sacrifice for himself uh, verse 27 uh, it's appointed unto us once to die uh, death death is a stigma you know we we're, we we don't like to talk about it uh, I've said before that 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 I'm going to write a book on heaven. I've got the title, God's Best Kept Secret. I, I'm firmly convinced that if we knew what was waiting for us, we would run over one another getting there. I'm convinced of that. You know, it's appointed unto us once to die. Jack Hayford said, why are we upset when a believer gets a quick trip to glory and and it's true and it's a difference uh, Ruthie's service yesterday was beautiful you know I would have never thought about singing the hallelujah chorus or hearing the hallelujah chorus at a at a at a service but she wanted the hallelujah chorus as we uh, ended her service yesterday what a testament to the living faith of one of his children. <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews says we have an old we have an old truth, the tabernacle. But Jesus in himself and through his own shed blood for us satisfied what all the goriness of the Old Testament and the tabernacle and the offerings that were offered there. Jesus did it in his own own body once for all. Okay? Any questions? Any comments? <clears throat> okay. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for being with us. We thank you that the word is true. We thank you that you love us and that you are with us. We ask that you just continue to bless and work in our lives like only you can. Make the word come alive, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.